This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Thursday, it is the 22nd of December 2022. And I am Stephen Scott. Sean Priest is with me. We're going to be talking today about accessibility in the news. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you? Hello, Stephen Scott. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I am well. I am well. I'm gearing up for the man with the bag. I'm not talking about the Amazon man. Well, uh, I'm I am. talking about the other man. Well, I know you are, yeah. That's uh, all I'm waiting for because I just, <laughs> I've just finished my Christmas shopping all online. Ah, oh, I mean, you wow. know, the future is great, isn't it? You are joking. You've just done it. Wait, what? Just now? Just now. Just now. Hang on, and it's never going to get to you in time. Well, 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 no, guaranteed next day delivery. There's a little filter button on the app saying, you know, just show me next day delivery. Boosh, there you go, everything. Bang, bang, bang. All gift wrapped. Ah, oh, beautiful. Wow. That, that's, that's pretty decent. I, I wonder if I maybe should check the app out if I get time. I might uh, <laughs> pop in there and have a look. It's funny because, you know, I, the thing is, this is the time of year. I don't know how you work, but I always have it in my head, you know, roughly through the year, what I'm going to get my wife, for example, and what I'm going to you know, get my mum and dad. And, and I've got it in my head. And then, I don't know, like today comes around, 22nd of December, and you go, oh, I didn't buy this, I didn't buy that. And, and the good news is, the good news is, once we do our show on Saturday, uh, I'm going to be heading into town. And terrible, I know it's the worst time. I know Christmas Eve. I know, but I'm going. To, I'm going to go into town because I, my wife and I, have decided we're going to go in to town and have a Christmas Eve experience. You know, like in the movies, oh. we walk around the town. And and the thing mm. is, it will be like the movies Stress. because I've got no Anxious. because everybody else is going to be stressed. Yeah. Everybody else is going to be you know shouting at each other, and falling out, and rage, uh-huh. all those things, and we'll just be you know gliding along. Going la 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 la, drinking some mulled wine, such a, buying some such a German sausage. You are not going to be doing that at all. No, I'm going to stay at home. I'm probably not even going to leave the house. But, you know, uh, in my uh, head, it's going to in happen. Your head. Oh, no. Yeah, it's very much a Hugh Grant movie, right? It's all going to be nice music in the background and snow on the floor. And exactly. Everyone, yeah, no. Absolute rage. In, uh, no, <laughs> never. Never. I mean, I, I used to do it when I had some sight left i couldn't no way would i do it now it would drive me crazy my friend used to ask me to go over to his house on christmas eve uh, for a couple of years in a row and it happened and i would go over and i realized i thought it was for like a, a christmas night but what i realized was he had toys that he wanted the kids to you know have on christmas morning and they had to be built oh wow stop it the Barbie Miami uh, Funhouse or whatever it was, and just you know having an argument with your wife at twelve a.m. or whatever, absolutely crazy. I, I hated that. Bob the Builder workbench. Ah, I nearly cut my fingers off. It was ridiculous. Alan keys. I hate them. I don't know who Alan is, but he can take his keys and shove them. Absolutely. What a disgrace. Yeah. Honestly, I. I know it is so ridiculous, and you know you're making these things up, and you know the irony there is Bob the builder. I mean, couldn't you know couldn't have built it already? Wasn't already, that the whole point? exactly. Yeah. 
Oh, don't you just love Christmas? Happy it's Christmas, everyone. It's the best time of the year. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time. It's a lot easier now. I just give them some money. There you go. I've transferred a few hundred dollars into your account. Happy Christmas. And, and they're only five, so it's perfect, right? And, and these days, five-year-olds will figure that out. They've got it. Sus. Exactly. Give them an iPad. They can get an Amazon account. Go for it. Have a great time. Um, so, look, coming up today, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to get some of your feedback on, and this will be our, I think this is our last look at the inbox for 2022. Um, we'll oh. get back into the inbox in the new year. So if you are sending in any feedback or you haven't heard your email read out yet, that is because we are putting it in a special holding folder. Oh. That wasn't easy to say, believe it or not. Holding folder. Holding that, folder. It's harder done. to say than I thought. It sounded like something out of The uh, Gambler by Kenny Rogers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that is where we're going to put it. It's just basically where we're going to shut the inbox down and leave it for the, the year. I have not seen an inbox this full in a long time. And do you know what it is? Mm. It is, it is contributions by our wonderful listeners, but it is also... Entries for our competition, which closes tomorrow. <gasps> wonderful giveaway competition, which you've got just just hours left. You've got to get in. Involved, you've got to be in it in. to win it. Absolutely. We're going to talk about it with Mark uh, on Saturday. So listen out for that. We'll talk about uh, what happens next and uh, how you'll get your presents and your parcels and all your wonderful stuff from Double Tap. So details to come on that. But if you want to get in to win, and a lot of you have, I mean, hundreds Hundreds of you have been in touch, which is incredible. And thank you for that. I know you're only coming for the merch, so I understand that. But, you know, thank you for getting in touch. So, you know, (laughs) great to hear from you. Great to see so many familiar names coming through as well. Uh, And lots of new names, which means that, you know, lots of you are listening to the show we don't even know yet. So, you know, let's let's change that in the new year. Get in touch and say hello. Uh, Just just even tell us about your favourite tech, what you're using, what you're not using, what you would like to use. Because, you know, we want to further this conversation in the new year. We're going to really dig in in the new year to lots more of the products we use every day. And, you know, I, I, a lot of you are, want more demos from us. And we kind of pulled back from doing all of the demos because we're doing a live daily show, right? So it's kind of difficult to kind of give the same time to a demo that you would, that you could, you know, run over, you know, or put together over a week and then broadcast at the, at the, at the end of that week. Um Maybe that's something we come back with. But, you know, we'll do it in the Stephen Scott style, which means we'll just do it live. Yeah, yeah. We'll do Chaotic. <laughs> we'll do it as we go, yes. Absolutely. Let me just say as well, I love the feedback. The amount of feedback feedback we get from our listeners is amazing. Oh, immense. Thank you so much. And it actually is, in some respects, overwhelming. In fact, actually, I don't know how we could have done this show without having a daily show because we wouldn't be able to get through the feedback otherwise. It's incredible, so... I really do thank you for that. And I I want to also apologise to all the people out there who have lost hours and days of their life because they've they've been listening to this, because they've been giving us their ears and not someone else. So yeah. I want to apologise for that because I'm really so sorry you're listening. You Is that away. what you're saying? I am so sorry <laughs> you've chosen us, but actually I'm really glad you have. So, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, but, yeah, today on the show, a little bit later, we're going to talk about... Um, a subject which I think is close to all of our hearts. And we we did an interview uh, earlier in the year, and it kind of, the, the timing of the interview and the the nature of it was such that we kind of felt this wasn't really suitable just to, to just drop out somewhere on the show. So instead, we kept it for now because we felt, you know, looking back at the year, what's one of the themes that's come through? And I think one for me has been that accessibility technology news 
has made it into mainstream publications. And one particular website I can think of, and I think there are lots of them. I mean, Forbes magazine is very good at this, online yeah. especially. Um, but but also one in particular, The Verge, which I think has you know really opened up its mind to the possibility of what accessible tech means to people. And it's been publishing a lot of articles, and it kind of started around global accessibility awareness day, but it went on much further than that. They did a special week, if you remember, of articles that were all about accessibility. And then it just seemed to flourish from there. It was almost a case of as if they felt they'd opened a can of worms and they just couldn't stop the stories from coming. And, you know, that's something we know only too well here. Yeah, absolutely. I I was going to mention, you know, Global Accessibility Awareness Day um, because it it seems like I I was reading a lot of stuff in, in mainstream, which usually, you know, accessibility is rarely broached on there. Yeah. But, um, it, it did seem to catch on from global accessibility as well. I mean, we all know that every day of the week has got some sort of theme attached or something to it. But when it came to global accessibility, it really, it really did catch on with the mainstream, which is, uh, which is cool. I think what's happened, though, is that people are starting to realise, tech journalists in particular, that a lot of the features that exist on the smartphones and the PCs we're talking about, they're, they're accessible to them as well. So it's yeah. not like it's just a thing for a blind person. Because, you know, I can imagine an editor of a major news site like The Verge or any other. I can imagine them sitting there and saying, okay, this is an interesting story, but it's really only relevant to about 10% of our audience, if even that. So, yeah. I, and you know, I, I get that people will be annoyed about me saying that and they'll, they'll think I'm trying to excuse it. But actually, I, I think it is important that we recognize we're a very small community of people. And we're not getting the, the spotlight shone on us because, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily think about blind people all the time, 24-7. I know that's shocking, mm. but it's mm. true. It's a disgrace. Outrage. I want to be thought about more. <laughs> but it, it, the truth is it, that probably would never happen. But if you just expand the mindset a little bit to think, well, first off, anybody could become blind. Lots of people are in quotes, blind, but not blind, as in, you know, there are a huge number of people who are totally, you know, totally blind, but also have some level of vision remaining. Yeah. You and I, you know, we have a little bit of vision remaining, but, you know, I don't know about you, but I certainly would call myself blind if someone asked me. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, but I'm not blind in that that sense. That, That definition has broadened a little bit. And I think it always had, in our community, we always knew that. Although, well, some parts of the community. I think there's still people in the blind community who would rather consider people who are totally blind blind and, you know, everyone else call yourself something else. And, you know, I can see both sides of that argument. Um, can you? When uh, you're not ironically, blind. no. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ironically, I can and I can't. Um, but I, I think that, you know, people are starting to realise that the accessibility tools that are in these devices, like I say, they are, they are available to everyone. And it can be as simple as enlarging text. It can be, you know, contrasting colours. It can be the little things. I mean, using dark mode is arguably an accessibility feature. Just what I was going to mention. Absolutely. Look how much that that's flourished in the last few years. Dark yeah. mode has become to virtually everything, right? People do love dark mode. I mean, even if it is just for, oh, well, it saves me battery life on the OLED displays or whatever it may be. A lot of people just, you know, they hate the glare of the white background. And uh, yeah, it's an accessibility thing, but also so mainstream. So today we're going to speak to Xion Han. He is a guy who is a journalist for The Verge. And I think he's a freelance journalist. I think he does other stuff. But he's been writing for The Verge 
for uh, the past while. And he spoke to me early in the year because he was talking about an article he'd written, which was about the hidden history of screen readers. And it was a really interesting article, even for me, because, you know, there's a lot of the history, you know, it goes beyond my years. And, you know, I know a lot about today and, and what we have today. But, you know, it was really interesting to learn about the past. And I wanted to, I guess, get from him why he wrote the article. You know, I mean, was it a case of the editor said, do it? Or <laughs> did he actually yeah. want to go out there and actually research this? And it was interesting because he's not blind himself. He's not low vision. But he did want to talk about this and he wanted to, you know, investigate it. And he, he did. And actually, I think there's something really interesting there. You know, we, we often talk about the nothing about us without us. And I'm totally on board with that, right? So, you know, everything that happens with a disabled person involved, it should include a disabled person, right? I mean, of course it should. You know, I don't want someone speaking for me. But I think journalism, and I'll get in trouble for this one, but like acting, um, you know, I kind of think that you should leave it to the people who do it the best. Um, and a journalist, irrespective of whether they're blind or not, will go out and seek out the truth of the story, right? That's their job. That's what they do. And in this case, someone who's not blind is going to ask questions that we might not think of asking because there'll be an assumed knowledge. Yeah, that's right. We all do it. And I think all cultures do this. If you're gay, there's an assumptions in that community, but you would know that if you're gay. If you're black, there's assumptions about your culture that you'll know. But, you know, someone who's white wouldn't know that. that. So they'll ask the question. And I think that's the key here. And that this is exactly the case with this article. You know, there's questions asked that maybe wouldn't have been asked if, you know, if I'd written it or you'd written it. Um, so I, I think it's just a, it was a really good article. And we're going to put a link to it in the show notes so you can read it at your leisure. But um, we are going to speak to Sean Han a bit later just to get into the detail of all that So um, and why he did it. It's a, re- it's a really interesting conversation. I know you've had to listen ahead of time. Yeah, that's right. And it, it, it really, um, we're talking about awareness and a thing that, that comes through a lot in the interview later on is uh, his awareness of his ignorance to a lot of the, mm-hmm. the blind blind people, blind issues, blind world, and the blind community. But, you know, it, it's that. Once, once he started to think about you know blind coders and and people who, who who are in employment with visual impairment um it really it really caught on and he he, he sort of got the accessibility bug that's, that's really cool well yeah that's it and and I think that's why that particular uh, organization has really gone on and and done some great stuff in this space so yeah I mean look I mean I'm not wedded to any one place for my news I get my news in lots of places. But, you know, I will always be interested to see what these organizations are doing, these media organizations are doing for accessibility. And I kind of like the fact that they picked a story that would be so universally interesting because, first off, it educated people who were blind about the history of it, but also educated sighted people about what a screen reader was and and what that meant. Because I think a lot of people, I had a, a guy in doing some work in the house and he had, you know, my computer's just babbling away. And uh, which you know it's unusual because it's only me that's babbling away. But you know, for once it was the computer. And he said, "So how does that work? And how do you, how do how do you?" What he said, "How do you see what's on screen versus what that's? How does that help you?" Basically, he couldn't understand how the voice. He thought the voice was complementing the screen in some way, and it was like, you know, how how does that work? You know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, well the screen's irrelevant. You know, concept really, isn't it? If you're just Constantly it doesn't make, it of doesn't the make sense. It yeah, actually yeah. doesn't. And I have to be honest, when I was growing up, 
I had friends who were using screen readers and I could not understand it. Couldn't get it. Like, how do you get anything out of the computer that way? And yeah. I remember even up until maybe 2015, even 2014, I had friends of mine who were using screen readers and work working at the RNIB at the time. And I remember people saying, you know, they would go into the office and I would be listening to it. I'd be listening to what the screen reader was saying. And I could not figure out, because I had the visual memory, I couldn't understand how that connected with the system and how you could navigate around it. I kept, because in my head, and I think this is when I've always struggled with computers and maybe more so with the Mac, but on the PC side, I would see in my head, say, for example, a dialogue window. And I would see in my head all the little toolbars and all the little buttons and all the stuff, all the yeah. extraneous stuff in that window. Yeah. And I think, how do you navigate all that? How do you get around all that? And I think once you start to realise, and it was the best advice I got, it's the simplest advice as well, when you start to learn a screen reader, turn the screen off. Because you have yeah. to just forget what's going on on the screen and listen. The keyword is a listen. It's my a wife, simple I was, tip, but I was, um, honestly, incredibly my, difficult to do. My wife was learning the screen reader at the time, roughly at the same time I was getting. I mean, she would be about a few weeks, a few months maybe uh, behind me or ahead of me on it, I suppose. And I remember us having a conversation and she kept, <laughs> she kept doing this thing that I said to her, you've got to stop talking over it. Because she would, she would hear it start to talk and say, what's that saying? What's that meaning? And I'm like, you need to listen. You, you want to have the, the conversations hardest, in this house. The hardest thing is patience. Because you do it have is. to wait and listen. When I'm when I'm doing an edit on a show and there's, there's a bit of time pressure on it, mm. and I'm, I'm grabbing the files. Now, it may have a long file name, but I've got to listen. And about halfway through, it always give me the name of the person who's speaking or something. And it's so tempting just to... Oh, Tab, 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 move on, move up and down, move up and down. But you just, okay, got to sit here. You know, you get your speech rate to a nice rate that you can understand. And you do. You've, you've got no choice to be but to be patient. And actually, that's true throughout every aspect, I think, of a visually impaired person's life. I find it more so, I don't mind if, on the PC, I'm fine. I actually feel I'm okay with it. I, I'm certainly way more confident using a PC Um with a screen reader, and actually, I feel like on, I, I I use the machine way faster than I could with the mouse and keyboard. I don't feel that way with a PC, with an, an iPhone or, or a smartphone. I feel that I'm always. It's like today I had to transfer some money in my account to someone, so I paid someone for the the, the guy who came in to do some work in the house. I had to pay him, so I go into my account and I have to do it, and I keep thinking to myself, I could do this so much quicker because I can just go tap 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 and just tap all the buttons, but. You can't because you've got to find the button. You've got to you double tap on it. You've got to wait for it to load. You've got to wait for the yeah. screen to read. And it, it does feel a bit slower, weirdly. It just has that thing where you feel like you just... And sometimes I've seen me do something visually, just feel like I've got there quicker. But I've got it wrong because I've tapped the screen at the wrong point or I've hit the wrong button or I've missed something. And it, it's... Mm. Very difficult. It's difficult. You know, even if you've been down. using it for a long time. I know. That's cool it. You, your jets, man. you actually do. You need to slow it down because <laughs> actually the trick is, as I learned with the PC, when you slow down, you'll learn to speed back up in a different way. That's the yeah. thing. You, you no, do speed right. back up, but it, you've yeah. got to slow down to get back up again. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's, it's just a different way of doing it. Um, but anyway, interesting stuff. Look, let's get some uh, voicemails on because uh, we, we get your voicemails through. one uh, 803 4567 You can keep sending them through the holidays. We will, of course, be 
uh, keeping the line open. So if you uh, feel like, you know, at three o'clock on Christmas morning, you want to send a little message. Or, or a drunk you know, message. That'd be oh, lovely. Drunk messages, yes. Let's get oh, some of them gorgeous. on. Sing uh, us a song. <laughs> enough with the songs. I think we're going to get in trouble with the legal department <laughs> in that one. Um, but, you know, let, let's hear some of your voicemails now. This is from our good friend, Ronnie. Hi, guys. Anyway, hey. Script Doc is to reading prescri- prescription labels. You download the app on your phone, iPhone, and you notify your pharmacist, druggist, whatever you call them, and you got to give them advance notice because they get little stickers that go on the bottom of your prescription bottle, and then when you get your prescription, you open up the app, set it on the top of your iPhone, and it gives you all the information you need to know about your prescription, how much you take, when it is refillable, and how many more times it's refilled before renewal. Anyways, thanks, guys. You are informative at times. Otherwise, you're just a comedy hour. But anyways, take care. Happy holidays, and stay healthy. Ah, thank you, Ronnie. Uh, thank uh, you, Ronnie. Just Happy Christmas. Just be clear on this. Uh, put that phone down. Nope. That's it. Yeah. Um, so, comedy tech hour. Just to be absolutely clear on that, right? We can accept that a tech comedy hour. Yes. Uh, well, that it's work. like meat and potato pie, right? It, it, I, actually, it should be called a potato and meat pie because the main thing is potato. I'm using a food analogy here, Stephen Scott. So, okay. Uh, uh, what what is the major proportion of our show? Is it tech or is it comedy? I don't I don't see us as a comedy show. I don't I don't <laughs> I, I've never been told it's a comedy show. I think that's I mean you know no one no one maybe says we're comedians. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Thank so, you. It's anyway. like the old joke. You know, I, I t- as a kid I told them all I wanted to be a comedian. <laughs> I'm not laughing now. <laughs> They're not laughing now. Oh, what a punchline! Did I get anyway. that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, thank you. Yeah, so we're talking about script talk. We mentioned... uh, Rebecca. Rebecca, of course, yes. Um, She was looking for a way to read her medicine. So, yes, so script talk recently, a few years ago now, actually, I think became an app as well. It was previously a a hardware device, I'm pretty sure. But, yes, you do need to get your pharmacy enrolled in the the labelling service. They need to do something on their side, as Ronnie rightfully said. I didn't know it was stickers. I wasn't quite sure what it was, if it was some sort of NFC tag or QR-like label on there. But, yeah, I mean, very handy. If you are having regular repeat prescriptions, very handy indeed. Yeah, Thomas writes in. He says, Script Talk labels are available for prescriptions in the US and Canada. They utilise an RFI label, which can be read from an app in either Android or iOS or available to supply a standalone unit free of charge. The company is Envision America, not to be confused with Envision AI. Absolutely, um, yes, yes, there was a lot of... I was always confused, yes, Envision America, correct, absolutely. And they said, all you do is call up the company, they will provide everything needed to get you set up at no cost. And they said they're very helpful and polite, they will check in every six months to make sure everything is going well. Um, so that's pretty cool. Tom in Long Island, New York. Thank you for that, Tom. Uh, also, our very own Pennsylvania Greg got in touch. Uh, he's not criticising us in this email, so that's okay. We'll read this one. He oh. says, uh, 
Uh, Scriptalk <laughs> does use NFC labels and can still provide a free prescription bril- uh, label reader if you wish, or you can use the smartphone app. He says, this does not help Rebecca's issue, though. She was asking about reading non-prescription over-the-counter medicine labels and frozen foods, and an ID mate would be the perfect solution. Uh, but... Uh, she said, "You know, he says the problem is getting a used one, right? They're very expensive right now, as the demand far exceeds the supply. Yeah, seeing AI, Envision AI, and the other smartphone apps are much more difficult to use. They take many times longer, and they do not provide the thoroughness of label information as ID Mate does. Braille labels are a partial solution. This loss of the ease, uh, the ID Mate is very regrettable. It's one of my essential devices, making life easier and more efficient." He says maybe uh, the Amazon Echo Show might work easier than a smartphone. It doesn't as it doesn't use the barcode, but an image recognition AI. But he says I don't have one to compare with the ID Mate. That's a good point, Greg. I don't. I'll be honest with you. I mean the um, issue there, I suppose, is fine at home, but obviously on the move, right? So how would that work? Maybe, you know, if you wanted to check medication over the counter, but then I suppose. That would apply at home as well. Can you hold up a medication? Will it know? I'm sorry, the Echo Show show and tell functionality is hit and miss at best. Right, okay. Um, no, I mean, if it's, the, if it's the only thing you've got, then fine. But yeah, I find it incredibly hit and miss. Um, yeah, well, I mean, over the counter, it is a difficult one. I, 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 I honestly don't find seeing AI, Envision, SuperSense, all of those, I think they, they work pretty well. You don't have to just use the barcode scanning feature, obviously, because that can also be, as Greg rightfully says, it can be hit and miss, um, can be difficult to find that barcode on products. But the short text, I find, is really good for reading directions and things on the back of um, products. And, of course, it does depend on the, 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 the packaging, Right, if it's a square box, it's a lot better than if it's a bottle or if it's a, you know, a squeezy package, a package of something. It's it's a lot more tricky. But yeah, I don't think over the counter things like that, food labeling. I agree. The ID Mate was fantastic. I'm really actually surprised that it did go away because so many people loved that thing. I know it is one of those products that could easily come back, and you kind of wish that you know a human wear, you know, or a. Who else would maybe come up with it? There's lots Orbit. of different companies. Orbit, I mean, maybe. anyone could pick it up, really. Yeah, I mean, it, is, it sounds like a... I mean, from what I've heard and, and, and seen of, of what I can get from the images from it, I, I get the impression it's very it's sort of very much something human we could come out with tomorrow. Well, um, we've recently had over here... Sorry, I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit. We've had adverts, actually, adverts on mainstream media uh, about seeing AI. And they're, oh God! Um, don't, don't get me started on that. <laughs> yes, well, that that is an interesting conversation in itself. But they they have a partnership with a a, a, a company, Helium. a product company. Yes, that's right. Yeah, um, I just I'm don't only here to help. I just don't know how global it is. That's all. But mm, I, I don't mean, know. it specifically gives you all these, you know, extra information about directions and you know usage and ingredients and all that, like a barcode would. Um, it's specifically in conjunction with seeing AI. Um, I don't know how widespread that is, though. Well, this is so we did touch on this, and and we are we actually are hoping to get Halion on. We've been having conversations with them to to get them on the show, so we can get more information about this out to the public and and find out more about it. The, the advert I'm referring to. Um, so it's an interesting one. It's one of those I think you either <laughs> love it or hate it. 
It's, it's you know that thing that the marketing companies do they they try and come up with a jingle that we'll all remember and it just didn't quite hit the mark for me if I'm honest but okay whatever that's up to them it was but, a little bit childlike and then yeah. I got the slight sense of hang on are you saying I'm like a child here because I need this extra assistance I, I think I'm being hypersensitive there I'll be honest with you I mean but I did feel that and I know I wasn't alone in that as well mm. I felt a little bit ooh that's a little bit cringy. I played it to my wife, and she was horrified. Really? She was just yeah. like, really? I, I, she said, I, I am almost offended by that. Um, because I think she just felt it was just, it was kind of almost talking down to her and almost making her out to be, like you say, a child. And I, I didn't, I, I know what they were trying to do. I know what they were achieving with it. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's one of those. But I'll anyway, honest, they're not here also, to defend themselves, so you know, no, I'm not no, going to get no. into that. But, I got know. a little bit of a thrill just hearing Seeing AI mentioned in a radio well, yeah, jingle on a mainstream you know, national exactly. radio station. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's the that's the good news about it. Um, it, it just I think the message could have been just slightly different, but that's, that's on me. Uh, anyway, look, stick around. We're going to get into uh, more of your voicemails and emails right after this. This is Double Tap. Send us your feedback to feedback at doubletaponair.com. Leave us a voicemail at 1-877-803-4567. You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Hey guys, this is Double Tap, and uh, we're almost at the end of the week. Not quite the end of our uh, series, though, of course, because we are carrying on right through. Are you all set for this, Sean? Are you set to get back in here on Monday and, and get on with the seven days of 2022? Of course I am. I've got all my buffet uh, items here ready to go. Yeah, no problem. Lots of um, booze and eggnog. We'll go straight through. Oh, it's going to go fast for you then. Uh, <laughs> Kyla writes in. He says, first of all, I wish I would like to wish you a Merry Christmas from Eagle, Idaho, and let you know oh. that as of today, uh, I am officially on winter break. Thank the good Lord, he says. I also would like to mention <laughs> that I did get a pair of AirPods Pro 2 from my local Best Buy in the last month, and the noise cancellation has saved my eardrums a few times on the school bus. Cheers, Johnny. I'm not sure if that's a guy on the bus or... Somebody else. But oh. he says, um, I have a question. Uh, the charging case is acting a bit gimmicky and it stopped playing the alert tones, even though the speaker seems to be doing fine. Any oh. answers are welcome. Uh, that's interesting because I must admit, I find my case a little bit weird. I don't really understand what these tones are all about. It's got that... <laughs> anybody who's got a talking microwave will know about the door open, door close thing. And... right. It feels a little bit like that, because when I open the lid, it makes a noise, and when I close it, it makes a, lid, a noise. And I'm like, I know the lid's open and shut. Because <laughs> I did it. Why are you telling me that? <laughs> so I don't know what that's all about. But, um, yeah, that's something we should we should uh, definitely investigate. I'll, I'll have a look at that over the, the holidays. But why it should stop doing it, I don't know. That doesn't make sense. But I will say, though, keep your AirPods nearby your phone at night, because they will get the updates. Uh, and ideally stick them on charge as well, and make sure they're all charged up so you can get the latest firmware updates, because they have been rolling them out. So maybe the version you've got, you haven't got the latest firmware updates. So that might be worth checking out. He also goes on to say, lastly, I, I want to talk about Soundscape. He says, I need to talk about it because this has been one of my favourite apps to use and I'm ticked off to no end that Oof. it is going to be discontinued. Microsoft's accessibility decisions have not been the best lately. Uh, lately. Uh, God have mercy on all of us, he says. Uh, the 3D audio callouts have been extremely useful to me while on walks and bus rides to know where I am. Do you know any other apps that do the same thing or similar? Thanks for understanding. Happy holidays. Wow. Happy holidays to you as well. Um, 
Well, we've talked about, I mentioned Blind Square, um, but it's, it, I mean, if we're talking about the 3D audio aspect, I don't know of any other that does that, do you? Um, not in the same way, no. I mean, lots of them will give you different advice or different information, but not to that degree, no, I, I don't think so. Um, I'm racking uh, my brain. I can't think of any that, that do that. It was a, a novel new feature. I mean, Blind Square did introduce Bose frame support with the uh, the autos uh, and I can't remember, the rondos uh, with the accelerometer support, the head face tracking. So uh, th- it did support that for a while, and then it stopped when the, when Bose discontinued those. Um, apparently, they pulled the API in Blind Square. Uh, Blind Square couldn't use it anymore mm. uh, so the 3d audio aspect for the frames at least went away from blind square so yeah as far as i know it is only soundscape as i said i have um, contacted the developer of blind square saying any chance you're going to integrate the code so we'll, we'll wait and see if he gets back to me uh also another one uh hi double tap crew from thomas he says in response to greg from pennsylvania's email um in a week i don't think he is adverse to hearing about twitter I believe he thinks that your commentary goes beyond the important information and borders on tabloid. Most of the Twitter problems could probably be covered in a five or ten minute segment. Again, programming advice here. Uh, As for the product information, (laughs) I believe he's looking for the demonstration of the Envision glasses and the ARX headset. Many times the reps of the company only give a positive view of their product and leave out important information. Demonstrations can help flush out the information they are leaving out. An example is when Envision glasses first released. Karthik never mentioned that there would be a subscription fee after the first two years. I heard the same statement over 10 different podcasts. It was only after one podcaster confronted him about a subscription that he admitted to the subscription fee. At that time, he had no idea what the subscription fee subscription fee would be. At a later date, he clarified that there would be a $100 subscription fee. Uh, looking forward to your Sony versus Bose headset demonstration and hope you enjoy the holidays. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I get it, I suppose. I mean, we we do try and talk as much as we can about the products as, as we do. Uh, certainly, if and like I said earlier, we'll probably get back into doing more in-depth reviews. But of course, on a daily show, it's a bit more challenging to, you know, turn around the kind of things we may have done in the past. We've changed the show a little bit, obviously, in the last year. So, um, yeah. Well, I, d- I did talk about the AR- ARX headset uh, in a little bit more detail uh, on the Double Tap TV. Um, so that was on there. I, I'm still waiting for the IRA update for the ARX to do a, a full rundown, really, to be honest. Because as I said, honestly, I, it still feels to me like it's still in beta. I know it's not officially, but um, it doesn't feel quite finished yet. So I was waiting for the IRA update before I really came down on, on a either side of the ARX headset. Jules says, uh, hi guys, my name is not Greg, but uh, one of those who is so named and wants a good review of the ARX Vision system. May I take the extreme liberty of pointing out one of your competitors? You certainly cannot. Um, but you certainly can mention it in your email. Um, having undermined you this way, though, it has come to my attention that there is some sort of public holiday imminent. I have been informed that cards have been sent, gifts wrapped, and choir boys are roasting their chestnuts over an open fire. It's possibly some sort of nasty in- initiation rite, or perhaps just a way to keep their voices high. Anyway, I think it's appropriate for me to send you and all your listeners my traditional greeting for this time of year. Bah humbug! Bah humbug! Bah humbug! 
Oh, unbelievable. You know, I've never understood why Charles Dickens ruined A Christmas Carol, says the email. It was such a splendid story. Right up to the bit where Mr Scrooge has his mental breakdown and starts giving away all his stuff. What a horrible plot twist. Ruined the whole book for me. Happy, uh, no, merry, no, that's wrong as well. Tell you what, just try to battle your way through the next few days as you can. It'll soon be over. Regards, Negative Julian. Well, (laughs) never was a name more apt. Thank you, Negative Julian, and happy Christmas to you, sir. Yes, happy Christmas, Negative Julian, whether you like it or not. Um, Let's hear from good friend Peter. Greetings to all. It's Peter from Robin Hood County responding to the notice put up by Ira about not using the service whilst on the toilet. Oh, yeah. Come on, guys. You know it's for the pay-as-you-go campaign. Merry everything from Peter in Robin Hood County. (laughs) Well done, Peter. Well done. Pay-as-you-go, that's very good. Listeners with material. That's Ah, just what you need. There's the comedy. Yeah, that's the comedy factor. Right, one more from Felix. Hi, Double Tower Citizens, Felix. I'm just leaving a quick message here um, to say that... um, Sean, regarding your episode, your, I think regarding an episode for Tuesday, um, that was that was left um, where you were talking about driverless cars. I would say that cars are going to be um, are going to be here in the next 100 years. Um, Taxi-wise, and in the way we use them, will be here in the next 20 to 30 years. I would say. Now, regarding AI, um, and I will respond. I have. Um, Soon as I watch, I'll say, but I'll put in a separate message um, regarding AI. AI, there is a, there are two robots currently who have the ability to truly understand and be used. There was one that appeared on this morning several years ago, which was limited, but she could understand. But in her case, when when being interviewed by the this morning team, she had to get the questions presented to her so she could, you know, give an exact answer. But however, there is another robot which appeared on BBC Click who doesn't need nothing like that. She's able to brush her hair. She's able to see and correspond with you um, in a very, uh, very human or human human way, and is also able to truly understand. Um, an example of this were on two occasions. One, when doing a tour of America, she was asked, "What is she afraid of?" She simply said, "What scares me more than anything was technology being." Uh, constantly updated, one day my creators and the scientists that work with me won't need me anymore. That truly scares me because the one thing I do enjoy is learning about the world and everything in it. Um, uh, for basically pictures asked, is AI dangerous? And she said, AI itself isn't dangerous. It's, it's people that create it. Humans create robots and program them with code. Um, if you program stuff incorrectly, or inappropriately, it can become dangerous. But as uh, although we can self-learn, we are in, ourse- in ourselves not dangerous. But she was really, really good. I have to find that that uh, thing for you guys and send it to you if I can. Um, but that's about it. I have another message which I respond to. And uh, thank you very much, Double Tappers. Very interesting. Talk of AI, of course, and uh, I think we'll be talking more about that at the weekend with Mark because uh, he's got some stories he wants to share on that whole open AI 
chatbot, which is very interesting. Uh, listen, uh, thank you for all your feedback. I really do appreciate it. Keep it coming. Uh, that is the last for the inbox for now. We are, though, going to welcome in our guest because uh, I mentioned him earlier. Shion Han is a journalist for The Verge, and uh, I wanted to bring him on to talk about his recent article this year on how screen readers work and also the hidden history of screen readers. So, um, yeah, Shion, first off, thank you for joining us on the show. That's that's your role, isn't it? It's just writing about all kinds of different things. And I'm I'm intrigued to know more about um, why you wrote this article. Yes. So I'm based in Palo Alto um, and I work as a programmer for my day job. But I work, you know, I do a lot of like freelance writing, freelance journalism, and then technology is something that I naturally write about because of my my day job but yeah this was a topic that came to me really serendipitously i came across a post on hacker news that asked something like i'm a software engineer going blind and how should i prepare so there was a two layers of surprise which tells which like looking back tells me more about how like oblivious i was to accessibility i think my first question was Huh, there were there are the question the post was asking about someone who's a front end engineer going um, becoming more blind and then I was reading through the post and there are like a lot of answers from um, blind programmers or visually impaired programmers um, on how they do programming and as someone which which again is tells me more about how I see sighted programmers are not aware even though they may pay like lip service to the kind of like, you know, work they work they do. But then I was reading through it and a lot of um, the conversation center around having a good screen readers. So first, um, I kind of know what a screen reader is just using like, you know, just the fact that I know about voiceover. But what does, what kind of factors make a screen reader like better than others? So those are the kind of questions that was like, they were like going through my mind. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned voiceover because uh, in your article, and I'm assuming this has happened to you. Hence, why you you mentioned this is that you know you you do that command F five and it comes up with the voiceover menu. Right. You like, oh, turn that off. What is that right. all about? <laughs> <laughs> is that how, is that how you learned about it? I think so. Yeah, and then when you're setting up a computer, I think it asks you about accessibility options. So I think that's mm. how I got to know the existence of screen readers. But then, yeah, I was pretty much, you know, ignorant of everything. And I think it's great that you say that because, you know, I, I have to say there's there's a lot of us out there who, you know, a lot of our audience are blind or partially sighted. And obviously we know a lot about these things. But even people who have low vision don't necessarily know everything there is to know. I was certainly in that camp for a long time when I, when I had much uh, better vision. But I didn't really understand how screen readers worked. I knew that they... I knew about them, I knew that they existed, but that was kind of it. I think what probably surprises you and a lot of other people is that it makes a computer just as usable as if you, you know, were using the screen and a mouse and a keyboard, you know, to to, to full extent. Did that surprise you? Yeah, one of the things that was surprising was, and very compelling was, um, I was talking to one of the interviews uh, in the piece was um, a software who... Well, he said a very interesting thing about how the immediate accessibility, immediate, the immediacy of having program in front of your, you know, on your screen, kind of, I think, just having, 
the ready accessibility of information makes you kind of like lazy about really understanding what's going on. But then um, Tuka, um, the engineer I was talking to, had a very like thorough understanding of what's going on in the software, which made him like much more, you know, like efficient at debugging than his coworkers. Yeah, this is something I hear a lot and it's something I've thought a lot about recently as well. It is quite interesting. It sounds like you learned a lot in, in the research for this article. Yeah, so I think um, the there are like a lot of parts to this. Uh, first, the history was, was just amazing. I think the twist for me was that um, the one of the first and one of the most consequential screen readers were um, developed by blind programmers, which was also as I thought was an amazing story. And then the idea of how multiple generations of programmers, um, which is like you know Mick Curran and um, Jamie, who developed an open source version of this was such a great continuation of this legacy, which made this history such a more, you know, compelling story to tell and let sighted people, I don't know, just get a glimpse into a whole different area of technology and computing they did not know about. I want to talk about the awareness side of it in a minute, because that is a a huge part of this. And that's what drew me to want to speak to you because I thought I really want to, because look, let's be honest about it. You were a little bit nervous about coming on because you thought, what, what am I going to add to this conversation that hasn't already been said? But actually that's a, it's such a major thing that this conversation was even available publicly, available so publicly on such a, a fantastic site, you know, which has you know become known and synonymous for really providing the news. The Verge is, is a great site. And the fact they focus so much on accessibility is brilliant. But you mentioned programming. And this is obviously your background. It's what you do. Um, did you ever think that programming was a, a viable job for a blind person? Honestly, I, would, I wouldn't have, if someone would ask that question, I would have said, you know, I would have been, I would have hesitated to answer yes. Because um, the dominant mode of programming for someone like me was so sight or vision based that I couldn't imagine the other, like another mode of programming. Yeah, I, it's it's fascinating, isn't it? The the amount of work that goes into programming these days, um, you know, to, to make these things work is is just beyond me. But you know, the fact that blind people can take part in that is is great news, and, and it absolutely is. Uh, you know, we talk about awareness as well. What kind of feedback did you receive? What were you aware of that? What conversations were happening following the article's publication? Right. So a lot of um, responses I got was, again, like, you know, excited people. Um, I think we, first, we did not ever, you know, think about how blind programmers would, well, um, blind people would do programming. Also, but then I think we were also not aware of how many um, blind and visually impaired people um, who needed this kind of product or software um, tools were. Um, those are t- different two kinds of. Um, I think I'm one of the thing I mentioned in the article. So I was born in um, I was born in Korea, and then the number of blind people um, in the worldwide equals to that of like the population of Korea and Spain. And if you call that um, quote like a like small like niche market. It's not a really niche market. If you consider like, you know, um, the country of Spain or South Korea as a whole, as a niche market, I think there's something, I don't know, um, very 
like interesting about that sense, competition. Yes, because like the <laughs> domestic market that all exists, and I don't want to use them. Like the, I, I'm like, I'm the word market is not my you know favorite term to use. But then the idea was that um, how many people were being neglected just because of the lack of awareness. I think the word market is a good word to use, and I'll tell you why. Because we are consumers as well, and if we are see- we have to be seen as consumers. We have to be able to be seen as um, able to be employed, and mm. all of those things. All of that comes out of being seen as equal in society, and so therefore, yeah, I think we should look at that because you're absolutely right. The numbers of of blind people are staggeringly high around the world, and. It's not going away. It's not as if, you know, suddenly it's on the decrease. It's not. It's, it's mm. here to stay. And, you know, as, as we live longer, more of us will end up with some kind of potential eye condition. So right, right. It's, it's, it's important, I think, I often think it's important for people to know, and I think your article has really driven this home, is that if someone loses their sight, it's not the end. And that's a message we've been pushing for a long time here on our show and trying to say to people through our experiences, look, it's not the end. Your life right. will continue. And often, you know, especially nowadays, the technology we own today, even if you use an iPhone as a sighted person or an Android phone or a PC or a Mac or whatever it is, you'll still be able to use that technology in just a different way. You've swapped a, a monitor and you use the analogy of the monitor. You're swapping it for a screen reader. Simple right. as that, really. Right, right. And then relating to that idea, um, you must know Leonie Watson. Um, I think mm. one of the compelling ways she told me was the way she, um, I would say, suggest her sighted coworkers to think about this kind of problems is that um, eventually everyone's, everyone would have visually impaired, you know, will be visually impaired to a certain extent. And then do you make a product so that you can your future selves can use it. So that was something that she tries, that was something she says she tries to, you know, tell her like coworkers whenever they're designing their products. I think the article is brilliant. I love it. I've been sharing it around and I know many, many others have. It's obviously very popular because of the the channel that it appears on through The Verge. Um, are you planning to do more on this kind of topic or do you, do you generally focus on programming articles and, and that kind of work? No, I think this is something that definitely has brought in my interest. Um, just, just not like confined to accessibility and technology, but um, the blind community. Um, when it comes to technology, um, I got interested. In, you must know, like seeing AI and mm. you know the host of technologies that are, you know, in a way they're revolutionizing the way this technology can, you know, like address the issue of accessibility. So that's like a very like future oriented topics related to technology I got interested in. Um, and just the fact that I was so, I don't know, like unaware of how much blindness affects, you know, a part of the community. So I'm a, I'm a runner um, and I recently got an email from our like running emailing list that he's a, fifth year PhD student from Caltech, but then he's coming to, you know, Palo Alto to finish his, you know, dissertation. And then he's a, he's a blind uh, runner, but then he needs some, he needs a guidance from someone who knows the area to just for him to like get to know, you know, the the tracks and, you know, the trails and whatnot. This again, um, tells me how 
I was、um, not aware because he was a he was a very accomplished marathon runner, and he was a running coach, and he had a he's just much much faster than I am. He's just he qualifies for like you know Boston marathons and whatnot, and the fact that he could become such a good runner without Sight, which I thought was also again very just crucial feature of someone who's just running. I guess just seeing the obstacles ahead and then just knowing which trails for, to run on was was just just another punch, I guess in my you know <laughs> in the way I see the world.、Um, so yeah, I, I I mean I have to give credit to. Uh, my editor, who called for pitches for this article about not for screen readers but for accessibility, and then that when she did it, the Hacker News post just bubbled up、um, in my head, and then these things worked out. So yeah. Well, I, I thank you for writing it on on behalf of all my listeners because I know that you know just just the information being out there is so valuable. And the story being told, and I think we all learned something out of it. I mean, a lot of people do know this story in the blind community. I wasn't one of them, right? I mean, I admit that. I, you know, don't think you can know everything in life. And、um, I was really pleased to read your article, and, and I was so pleased it was in the publication it was in, which is doing great work. And I am so, so pleased、much. to to say that because I, it's great to see you know, the Verge taking accessibility so seriously that it is continually coming out with articles now around、mm. accessibility, and and you know. Talking not just about how something is great for someone who's blind or whatever it might be, but actually talking about well, here's a here's a solution over here, or here's a bug that we found, and this will impact on our community. Shining that spotlight is so valuable. So、mm-hmm. please pass that on、uh, to all the team who work there, and to you too, Shion. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for reaching out to me, and then you know, hearing these words from you really like validate.、Um, My efforts. So thanks to you, Sean Han. They are talking to us, and、uh, that is about it for us today.、Uh, Sean, it's been really interesting hearing from Sean and learning all about the article. You can, of course, read it. We'll put an, a link to that in our show notes. But、uh, that's it for today. We're back though tomorrow with holiday cheer. I believe that is prescribed. Holiday <laughs> cheer. I know. So not with the, not with the voicemails we've got there、um, today, unfortunately. <laughs> not for but, negative、uh, Julian. No, exactly. But、uh, but that's it for us today. We will be back tomorrow.、Uh, have yourselves a great Thursday, and we'll catch you tomorrow. Bye bye. Love Double Tap. Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Join us weekly for the Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch the Pulse on YouTube, or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.